going to ask you guys to put your hands together in both locations. But if you're in Rushford, would you stand to your feet and you give these guys a big it's good to be back. We, we do have a testimony that we are going to share today. I want to thank you for your support for all these years. It is, uh, it's not the money, but it's the enabling. It's what God uses to bring his word to this world. And, and you guys have been with us ever since the beginning, and, and it's to your accounts as well. The testimony I'm to share today is, is to your account as well. This world, when we look at it, there's no doubt the absolute collapse that is taking place in man's heart. As you know, this is, we, we do work on the southern border. We do Hispanic ministry. We do work here in western Wisconsin as well as the southern border. And, and one of the areas that God has opened up is into, into the, the realm of the, of, of the drugs the people, it's, it's extreme. It, it's outright extreme. But listen to this. Don't put the whole verse up here yet. I'll, I'll tie it in at the end. But I want to share Titus chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. And the question I have is, is, do we believe this? Do we believe this? Do we believe that a man who has spent his life killing people, dismembering them, burning them alive, has an opportunity for salvation? And, and this is the reality. This, this is what cuts to the core regarding our perspective and understanding of who our God is. When, when we speak of God's love, what is this love that we're speaking of? And I petition to you the love of God that I have come to know is the very love in which when a man is burnt alive by another man, that man can receive forgiveness. This is the grace of God, the salvation for everyone. God has opened up a light in the dark. My friend and I, Joe, we have been praying for opportunity to get further up within these men who are doing many of the depraved things on the southern border, I, I want to share as well, when you hear about the southern border, you can do your own research. There's, it's, it's public. It's known. It's horrendous. But when you hear these things, I ask, pray for us. Pray for us. And, and secondly, understand that God is not absent in these things. God is at work. And when we're faced with extreme darkness, there's a tendency where we focus on this darkness, but I assure you, the darkness is not what has control. Our God has control. The grace of God has appeared. The grace of God has appeared. This is what we proclaim. And it's brought salvation for all those who will receive Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite my wife up. We're going to move into a time where we want to share this testimony with you. We pray it will be a deep encouragement. 
and Ryan, the kids and I don't travel down to Mexico as much anymore. Um, as we used to, we don't cross it in um, because what Travis ministers into right now is not where we feel like God has called our whole family to. So he will go down, he'll cross into the border. Sometimes we go down and we work on the other side of the border, but I'm just going to give you a little short testimony of what happened. So it was a Friday night, the kids and I were watching a movie. Travis was in Mexico, and the, the time he was gone had been going really well, and we stopped and prayed for our meal, and we always pray for Travis and, and uh, his protection and the ears of the people to be open to God's word. So we're praying, and at the end of my prayer, I, I asked God to help Travis endure whatever he was going through, and that's not even something I've ever prayed. Now I pray a lot, but and I had never prayed that, and I got done praying, and I thought, endure? It's fine. But, you know, okay, Lord. Continued to watch the movie. A few minutes later, I got a message from a friend of mine who hardly ever texted me. And she said, You've been on my mind, praying for you. Try to take courage in the word. The word being Jesus Christ. It was a little weird. Lord, what are you doing? What's going on? First the prayer, then the text. And then I forgot all about it and I went on with my night. And went to bed. And I don't usually sleep very well when Travis is around, but that night I went right to bed. At about 1.30, I received a text message. It said, we are okay. Joe and I were taken tonight and by God's grace and intervention, released. We need a lot of prayer for the next few days. This event created a beautiful stir in the community and in the people's hearts. Pray for revival. Also pray for a young man who was taken. I don't know his name or if they spared him. But my heart is broken for him. I immediately felt some convenient voice, sobbing. I wasn't afraid. I was praising the Lord that they would return him and he was alive. I spent the next four hours just talking to the Lord and asking him, How do I know my kids? And it was the most beautiful time. Normally I'm a talker, so I would have loved to have called on my friends, but it was the middle of the night. I did talk. I talked to the Lord. It was phenomenal. I couldn't sleep again until 5.30 in the morning. And then when I woke up, I got to tell my kids. He gave me that time to pray over it. I would tell them. But my daughter responded quite like me to this time. And my son just said, okay. And I said, okay, that's it, buddy. You're fine? Yeah, they gave him that. <laughs> Why wouldn't I There's a special arrangement that God has established among many of these men who are, are working in, in this illegal world. There's drug sites, and we have permission to be at these drug sites. And so as the clients come to buy their drugs, we evangelize them. And when things are slower, we have time to evangelize those who, who sell and do many of these other things you read about on the southern border. One of the areas that, that Joe and I have been praying deeply over is, is to get rooted deeper get further up. There's, there's armed men, we call them. Their, their jobs, typically you don't see them very often, but they'll come in. They, the, they do the punishing. If, if somebody's stolen some money or, or if the count isn't exactly right regarding the drugs, they'll come in and they have a thing called spanking, but they'll, they'll beat the person. It's, it's with a board that has holes drilled in it and it'll, it'll, it'll break femurs. It's salvation for all people. And if it is, the question as well is who will bring them this truth? 
We've been praying for an opportunity with these armed men. With this particular mission that was coming up, Joe had seen some of these armed men next in an abandoned building. And, and when Joe first saw him, he, he went by and, and didn't, didn't go up and talk to them, but spent time in prayer and the Spirit reaffirmed this very thing. No, these are the ones you're to bring the word to. The next time he saw them, he brought them the word. There was a bit of mocking and ridicule. But God provided an opportunity to be a witness, gave out some tracts. When I arrived Thursday, I knew of this event that had happened two weeks before. And so when I arrived on that Thursday, Joe said to me, I'm still seeing the armed men. You need to pray. We need to pray whether or not we approach them with you here. And so that's what I did. I began to pray on this. I was scheduled to preach at a rehab center. We show up at this rehab center and, and find out that uh, there was a confusion on the date. And so we rescheduled with them to come in Saturday. This was a Friday night. And so a Friday night when I had an arrangement to preach at a rehab center, that opportunity closed and it, and it opened up this other opportunity. We went back to the apartment. We began to pray over the evening. We were going to head to the Punto that night, the drug site. After we had prepared, we began the journey on the road over. And this evening on the road, the armed men were there. They had set up a security checkpoint. We were waved through. They didn't pay much attention to us. They stopped us, peered briefly in the vehicle, and, and waved us through. And, and it's at this moment in which, once we passed through it, Joe turned to me and just simply said, well, should we stop? And, and I prayed, I prayed to the Lord briefly, just, Lord, should we stop? He didn't say no. He didn't say yes. He, he didn't respond. But, but I knew, I, I knew that since he didn't say no, that we were to stop. Brothers and sisters, how quick are we, how quick are we to take these truths of what the word already commands us, already tells us, have insecurity and begin to go to the Lord. Well, Lord, reaffirm to me what you've already said to me. Now, He is gracious. He is gracious. He, he may. But understand as well, as you mature in the Word and mature in Christ, He doesn't have to tell you what He's already told you. And, and this is where he, he's, he's brought me to. I know what He intends. Why? Because He's already told me. And so we immediately recognize this is it. This is the, this is the opportunity. Now, I don't believe anybody would have faulted us for not getting out. In many ways, maybe many would counsel the other way. Well, why would you get out? Because these are the ones we've been praying for to bring the word to. We, we got, I don't remember exactly what I said to Joe, but it was something, let's do it, let's go. We each got out of the vehicle and, and all chaos, all chaos absolutely erupted. This was not a cordial meeting like Joe had two weeks prior. They, they did an assault on the vehicle. They came with guns pointed. I was bound, separated from Joe. Joe was bound as well. And I went through a process of interrogation. It was throughout this time in which the Lord began to provide opportunity to be a witness. After a period of interrogation, I was particularly put into a back of an SUV. This was one of the first moments in which God made opportunity. But it was in the back of this SUV that I was, I was allowed to open my eyes. You see, throughout the whole ordeal of interrogation and stuff, you, you had to keep your head down, eyes closed. 
And this is much harder than you think it is because you got six guys screaming at you with guns in your face and the natural tendency is to look at them. And, and they didn't like that. So you, you, you put your head down, eyes closed, and then you peek as much as you possibly can get away with. And sometimes you get caught, sometimes you don't. Kids, practice this as much as you can. Uh, it's a very good skill to begin to learn. And, and so you're, you're trying to keep your surroundings. But in the back of this SUV, it was a moment in which they wanted me to open my eyes. Well, it's because they wanted to threaten me. They, they wanted to show me their weapons. But in the back of this SUV was a young man. And he was bound in the same way I was. And, and he was on the floor. He was on the floor. And, and I'm thrown into this top seat above him. And it's here in which he, he hears this guy talking, a strange, strange Spanish accent, I must say, but this American Spanish accent. And so he looks up in the commotion, and, and I remember so plainly, the armed man on the other side, he immediately when this guy picked up his head, he turned his, his, his pistol on him. And he told him, I, I, will, I will kill you. And, and this young man, he, he let out the most depressing cry of hopelessness. But it's here in which the Spirit gave opportunity to begin to bear witness about Christ. And, and it was chaotic. I would throw out a sentence. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, these men are going to haul me away. I know what happens to people who haul away. They disappear. They're, they're usually not seen again. And so I tell them, there's another road in which you can, you can live. You need to repent. In the name of Jesus Christ, that, that there's the eternal life, that there's a coming day of judgment. Each, each sentence I would throw out would cause this response of, of screaming and yelling. And, and a barrel would be pressed on the back of my head, one on my temple. And as soon as they would settle down, I would throw out another truth as much as I could get out. And the chaos would erupt again. And we did this for quite some time. They'd press the barrels harder. They'd threaten all the more. You see, as I've processed a lot of this, I believe that opportunity, as much as I desire these armed men to receive the gospel and come to know Christ, there was that opportunity as well for that young man on the floor. And, and I, I do wonder about him a lot. Who, who is he? Understand that many, many, many indigenous throughout Latin America and Mexico there's no birth certificates. There's no identification. It's the heart of human trafficking taking place right now. They, they disappear. And if you report them missing, well, nobody knows because they, there's no documentation or birth certificate that they even exist. I pray that he has come to know Christ if he's still living. It's from this point that they removed me from the back of this vehicle. I, I believed in my heart they were going to release me. They interrogated me some more. They searched me the second time, and, and praise God, they found I had a huge stack of, of tracks, all different, chick tracks, that covered every topic you can think of, false religions, realities of hell, the need for salvation. Oh, and I'm surprised they didn't find it the first time they, they searched me. That was kind of their mistake, but it, my pa, I mean, it was bulging out of my front pocket, and, and they took them. Never once did we see these thrown on the street. They never gave them back after they released us. And so we trust that the word further got delivered to these guys. 
but it's from here after this moment in which I realized they were not letting me go because God had to teach me some other things. And so I'm peeking and I see one of the, one of the armed men get into the front of our vehicle and drive it away. And they lead me to the back of their convoy. And in the back of their convoy was this vehicle. It was not as nice as their other ones. And, and I knew what that vehicle was for. They put me into the back of the bed of the truck. And in the back of the bed of the truck was this empty suitcase. These suitcases are used to dispose of bodies. They'll kill a person, cut them up, or sometimes they cut them up while they're alive. And they put them into the suitcase and then they'll dispose of this suitcase somewhere in the city, wherever they want. It's an intimidation tactic. I was next to the suitcase, face down. The guy that was guarding me was the same guy that was guarding me all night. And as we began to drive away, I asked him, where are we going? And he said, to the bridge. I was happy to hear about the bridge because the bridge is the border. It's where the river is. And I figured, well, if he dispose of my body there, at least my family can get closure. And so we're driving through the city. I could see the lights. I, and it's at this moment in which I, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, should I make an escape? Should I make an attempt to escape? And the Spirit spoke two words. Just simply said, sacrificial lamb. Sacrificial lamb. And I knew, I knew immediately that's why we stopped. That's why we got out of the vehicle. That's why we have been witnessing and preaching on the streets and the puntos and all these other areas for the last four years. That salvation will come. I knew immediately the Lord intended for me to be likewise. And it's at this time I began to pray for the strength. Lord, give me opportunity to be a witness. And, and it's at this time as well that the Lord began to reveal himself to me in a way I've never seen. I've never seen. He began to show me his goodness. And it was just, I know in my heart, it was just a glimpse of his goodness. And there's, there's no human words that can describe this time. It was not emotional high. In fact, throughout this entire evening, I felt nothing. My heart never skipped a beat once. I've been in danger before. My heart races. It didn't this night. There was no excitement. There was no... God revealed a glimpse of His goodness. And in the time of prayer with Him, each thing I would petition up to Him, He would take. I prayed for the mission. I prayed for the church in the United States. I, I prayed for these armed men who were taking me. And in each request, the Lord would take and say, this is good. This is good and reveal more of His goodness. Brothers and sisters, our God is ever-present, ever-available, and there's a beauty that we have in Him. There's a beauty that we have in Him. Put the verse up, please. Listen to this. This is out of Titus. If you have your Bibles, open Titus chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 11 through 14. I want, to, I want to leave this with you. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. We, we know salvation is by God's grace. It's not a work of oneself. And it's a beautiful gift for all to freely receive. 
God's grace. The work of God's grace. There's, there's no amount of work of man that can make yourself righteous. And, and for many, that's our understanding of grace. We receive what we don't deserve. This is a fine definition, but I would petition to you today, this is a half definition of grace. Look at verse 12. Training us. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. In the present age. Training us to renounce ungodliness. Brothers and sisters, this is the beauty of grace. Yes, we receive salvation. And how glorious is that in itself? But understand as well, the grace, the working of grace in one's life is the enabling of of God's people to live out what He has instructed us to do. Last September was not a day in which Travis got enough ability, enough strength, enough understanding that now he's stepping out in faith to bring the gospel to armed men. No, that's no, absolutely not. It's that I'm going through a process of training in righteousness. God's grace is training me. It's enabling me to do the very things He has declared His people to do in this present age. Now, this time, this day. Yes, rejoice in the promises we have in heaven, but brothers and sisters, there's there's much to be done now. May we wholeheartedly receive this gift and may we view it as a gift. It's not an obligation. Well, now we have to now go preach the word. We have to go share Jesus. Oh, I'm not so sure about this. No, this is, this is not the heart of it. This is not the heart one will have. Verse 13, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us for, from all unlawlessness and to purify himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one disregard you. Christ's desire is to purify for himself a people. A people. We are made righteous. We are given the righteousness of Christ. Because he's purifying for himself a people. Do you understand the significance of this? When Christ suffered upon the cross, it was for your life. It was for your life to purify you, to be zealous for the good works he's equipping you to walk in, to glorify himself. When you deny Hear me on this. When you deny to be obedient, oh, brothers and sisters, this is much more catastrophic because you're denying the very thing Christ suffered for. Do you understand? He wants you. And he he entrusts you and is desiring to use you to bring this message of salvation to the rest of the world. May, May we not 
hide this light under the bushel. May we not be timid in the things in which God is, is leading you in, but rather that we, that we grow and be nurtured in, in the very act of all of this. It's not a level of understanding. It's not a level of, of sheer discipline. It's the very work and act of grace in your life. We preach the gospel in some very extreme situations, and there's nothing else I could ever do. This, this is what God is doing in my life. I was held for a while in the back of this truck. And after a period of time, the truck began to race off again. We were, we were parked at a particular area, and the truck began to race off again. They drive fast. They drive real fast. You bounce around a lot, but we were brought, we were, we were brought back to the Punto where we've been ministering for three or four years now. And when I was face down, I heard the voices and they told me to, to get up. But their tone changed. Their voices were different. They, they helped me up and began to brush me off. Many of the men began apologizing to me. We're sorry. I, I hope you understand we're we are just doing our job. We're, we're sorry. When I looked around, I realized where we were. Much of the community began gathering. Understand when these armed men come, they don't drop people off. They take them. They kill them. They beat them. And now the armed men are dropping off Travis and Joe. We stand out. Joe's British. I'm American. We don't blend in. And they dropped us off. And it's at this time the Lord granted us more time to minister to them. And we are free to go. It's God's grace. May we... May we not fear in these days, brothers and sisters. May we, may we not fear. Because in Christ you have everything you need. Do you remember when Paul... In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul is given a thorn in the flesh. He's given a special revelation, and, and, and for him to stay humble, God, God allows this thorn in the flesh, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a messenger of Satan to harass him. And he asked God three times to take it away. And I believe we all remember what the Lord told Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Heavenly Father, I ask, Lord, that this other fullness of grace, may you continue to train us in this and walk us in it, Lord. May we not be timid in this present day. May we not stare at circumstances and darkness in which the reality is, Lord, we are your light. We are the light in which you've established us to be. And so I pray for the church here, Lord, those that are struggling in different ways, Father. Touch them, Lord, and walk them through the fullness of your grace in which your power, Lord, your power is made perfect in weakness. We thank you for this, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.